I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we are talking about the great resignation and how we can avoid our companies falling prey to it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The great resignation. It seems like a really dramatic way to describe something that's currently happening in our culture at the moment. So perhaps, Bryony, we could start with you defining exactly what the great resignation is or in your own words. Well, I'm going to struggle with this one, I think, a bit because for me, I think the crux of it is people have probably realised they're worth more or they value their time differently um, and maybe they realise that there's more to life than just being so busy all the time. I think prior to COVID, it was almost like this badge of honour to be so busy. I'm just so busy. I've got no time. It's like, honey, you have 24 hours just like the rest of us. And it's not a badge of honour. It is a badge of honour now, I think, where people realise that if you can be sipping a pina colada half the day, then that's a badge of honour. Our thought processes around what our lifestyles should be like have changed. I think people have had a taste for what really is a work-life balance and they realise they like it. Um, and maybe the company they're working for isn't prepared to to give them that. So I, I just think it's a, a taste of of probably how life's always meant to be and, and people are enjoying that and just looking at opportunities for companies to provide them that. It's not all about just being busy and having the title and having the money. It's having a bit of downtime and a bit of you time. Amen to that. Yes. I think it also ties in with this idea, which is exactly what you're saying, of knowing your worth, but then also that company culture and feeling valued and feeling respected and feeling like all this time that you're putting towards, you know, majority of your days during the week and your months is towards, you know, your work and what you're doing. So Mm. could you talk to us a little bit about, Bryony, for the entrepreneurs listening in, but then also just, you know, for those of us who are part of businesses and organizations, like what should we be looking out for when it comes to helping to create or foster a really great working environment and company culture? Mm. Look, for me, I, I, I've never had a, or found this difficult and I've never found it something that I've had to really think about too much because my basic motto is just treat people the way you bloody well expect to be treated yourself. Like don't get an ego because you're the CEO or the founder or the manager or the you've got X amount or you earn more. Who gives a shit? Like honestly, you're there to do your job and hopefully you enjoy it. And whether you're the CEO or the cleaner, you're there collectively for the same goal, you would hope. So I think for me, it's about always treating people like they're my equal because they are. 
And I, I, I genuinely appreciate anyone who's decided to come on board the Adorn journey and give me a piece of them rather than have the attitude, oh, but I pay them, then they should do that. They could be paid somewhere else. So I am lucky that, they're, yes, they're lucky they work for Adorn because it's a bloody awesome place to work, but I'm lucky to have them. They could have, it's a bit like customers. They can go wherever they want. What are you doing to keep them? Your employees are the same. They're actually worth more. And you need to really harness that. And, and how you want to be treated is exactly how they probably want to be treated. If you'd like to go off and have a coffee and fresh air, chances are they probably do too. So I've always just had the attitude that we're all equal. And by that, I actually have everybody that comes into Adorn pretty much have the experience in every department. So whether you're marketing or customer service or production or whatever, you will get training in pickpacking, you'll get training in customer orders, wrapping orders, um, understanding, you know, maybe if you're pickpacking, you'll actually go into production. Um, we might help get you to help out in social media. So everybody's role, and, and when I interview people, and I still interview everybody, um, I'm very much about, you know, what's your attitude towards work? Are you someone that really just wants to head down, bum up, just do your role? Or do you love a bit of variety and you love being genuinely part of a team and helping out as long as your role's fulfilled. But, you know, looking at do you like helping out in other areas? Because if you're someone who's not happy to empty a bin or take the rubbish out or um, wrap an order, this is not the environment for you. And I'm, I'm honest with them because that that I don't want to take on any prisoners. Um, and the reality is that even though we've created an amazing culture, it may not be the right fit for people. So I think it's about being very, very honest about the culture when you're employing people so that they understand what they're getting themselves into because some people like structure, they like hierarchy, they're very used to a corporate uh, way, but working for a dawn, that is not how we work. It is very much everyone's on the same level, like literally picking and packing and production and the admin and marketing, we're all on the same on the same level. We've got all our desks together, my desk's right in the middle next to the, the production manager um, because I like to be in it. I want to hear what's going on. I, I like to work dynamically and I, I just want things to be really positive and, you know, if I think picking, packing, I've got too many orders, I'll jump up and help them pack and so will marketing and vice versa. Like we all, because we've all got this can-do genuine team effort, we all help each other out where need be. And because of that, we all have fallen in love with each other and fallen into a level of respect that's beyond even a family. Like I, and I have to say half the people there are my family. Um, but that, that could make or break a business, seriously. <laughs> That's not necessarily a good thing, but for me it has been. Um, so I just think it's that whole treat people the way you want to be treated, actually give them work-life balance. Can they sometimes work from home? Like does it really, like if you can't trust them, have you employed the right person? Is it a reflection of you? Because I just, I just feel like if I can't trust someone, then there's 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 something not quite right, and I've got to get to the bottom of it. Um, 
but I just think you trust people until they're proven otherwise. Like there's no penny pinching hours and I want to know where you are and you've got a clock on. And I mean, how disrespectful is that? Like I just don't get that. Like no one wants to feel like they're under someone's thumb. We all want freedom. We all want respect. We all want to feel valued. And if you can't give them that until they prove otherwise, if you can't give them that, then then you're not going to get that in return. So to me it's, um, you know, allowing your staff to work from home if they feel like it. To be honest, I actually don't know when my staff are in or they're out. Like, and I know some people that have got, you know, they're, they're older than me and and it, their mentality with work is their work ethic's very different. And they're like, Bryony, how can you not know where your staff are? And I'm like, well, I know they're doing something because the sales are still coming in. And if the sales are still coming in, the products are still going out. So, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I know what's going on. You know, I've got a very, you know, I'm there. I'm, I'm very close to the pulse. So I, I've got a handle on finance, production. Like, I know what's happening always. But do I know where they are half the time? No, not necessarily. You know, and, and, and I love that because it means I trust them and I and they trust me. So I'll get emails at midnight from people. I'll be able to message the girls on the weekend and I don't even think twice about it. No one cares because it's just swings and roundabouts, you know, like when something has to be done, it has to be done. If there's a quietish day, we've done everything, you know, let's all go for a walk or go home early or it's your birthday. You know what? Work from home or don't work. Today's your day off. Have it. Like just be nice. Just be nice up, Ryan. How hard is it really? I mean, at this point I feel like we all just want to come work at a dawn, but you know what else is new? I have to um, say, I do get a lot of a lot of adorn customers oh. asking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, resumes and products. Oh, if only. For those of us listening in who struggle with this idea of letting go of control and trust. You know, I think as entrepreneurs and, you know, those of us employing and whatnot, it is our head on the line. You know, if something mm. goes wrong, if, 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 you know, we run out of money, whatever it may be, and these are really serious, they can be big issues. How can we get better at trusting mm. in our people? Look, it definitely gets harder the more people you've got. Um, you know, it's a bit of a law of averages. The more people or the more of anything, there's going to be one bad egg amongst, you know, a dozen. Like it's, it's, that's the reality of it. And I think you just have to be aware that that could happen. Um, and there may be trust broken. Um, but I think if you've started and built that business on a really good foundation, even if one uh, you know, one leg of your house foundation fails, the rest won't. It'll still hold the house up. So that's how I look at it. I think if you've really created a good foundation, one bad situation isn't going to be your undoing because it will get flushed out pretty quickly by the people that do have your trust and respect. Um, and, you know, I have had an instance where that's happened and I've had to let someone go. So, you know, I, I've like it's it's only and it wasn't even a really major thing but it was enough for me that I thought if this is happening I can only imagine what other things are happening and I can't work with people I don't trust and respect so and and I wouldn't want someone to work for me that didn't trust or respect me so 
yes, I think as you get bigger, um, it's harder to manage, but I would hope that maybe those managers that you've got in place of those zones or those areas are maybe foundation employees that have started with you and, you know, they emulate the way or emulate rather the way you conduct yourself and, you know, have someone or I guess like a mentor that they they realise a better way of doing things. And I think it's that flow down effect, isn't it? It's monkey see, monkey do. So, you know, there's some huge cultures, mass cultures that are run so, so well and that are so fun. Um, but it, it starts with the top and it starts with the people in charge, you know, leading by example and, you know, accepting that, yeah, you'll get one or two people that that maybe you can't trust them. But as I said, I think they usually will get flushed out um, or they won't fit the culture and will leave themselves. I think that's usually what will, will happen is that people will leave when they don't feel that they are part of something. Um, and, you know, ultimately sometimes people will just leave because you can't offer them, um, you know, the growth opportunities that they're looking for. Maybe they genuinely are just changing um, the pace of their life and, and you know, are trying something new. I love how earlier we touched on and you touched on this idea of, you know, the reason for people leaving and moving on and whatnot is because they've realised or we've realised our self-worth mm. and kind of that work-life balance over the last two years. Mm. You know, if we are someone who has made that decision or is thinking about making that decision to move on from one company and maybe to the next or maybe even to a completely different, mm. something completely different, how can we get comfortable with this transition and this change? And as managers and as entrepreneurs and as leaders, how can we support those that are leaving mm. us with their transition? Yeah, I, look, I, I just think that at the end of the day, um, you know by the results if somebody's working or not. And I don't think time is actually a factor of that. Um, you know, it's a little bit like uh, me reading a book and my husband, bless him, reading a book. It's the same book, just takes me a day to read and he might take six months to read it. <laughs> his cock and soft. We still love you, Matt. <laughs> I love you, Matt. I do, I do, I love you. But so the, so the result's the same. Like I've, we've both done the same thing. And so time's irrelevant. It's, it's just that you want the results. And I think if the, I mean, don't get me wrong, you don't want someone taking a week. There's got to be parameters. Like, for example, when we've, you know, in production, um, you know, there's, we know how long things take. To, to produce and fill. We know how long a product takes to wrap. So you've got to be efficient. But I think when it comes to managing your people, give them parameters. Um, you know, these are the goals that we expect you to reach. Because if you give them donuts, what are they, they don't even know what they're doing. Like at what point do you want me to respond to this email? Um, you know, give them close off dates, give them goals. And then, you know, then you can comfortably say you're not reading, you know, you're not meeting the bar of what our expectations, but if you haven't set the expectations to start with, how can you actually guide them anyway? How can they even guide themselves? But if you've given them all of that and your expectation is that a particular task takes a day and if they've done it in an hour and the results are as you want them to be and they're off having that pina colada, does it matter? No, 
It doesn't. If you catch them on a phone call and they're walking their dog, really? I don't think it cares. It's not about squeezing the absolute last drop out of them because you're paying them. That's not the right attitude. The attitude is that the more flexibility you give someone, you'll find that they genuinely want to do more for you. It's just the way it is. Like, and if someone isn't like that, you'll figure it out soon enough. Like, you'll know, they'll start, they, they slack off. The results won't be there. Like, you will know. Um, it's impossible not to know unless you've not set the expectations and unless you don't know genuinely what their job is. You know, often I find managers are managing people that don't even actually understand what these people do in their role and they're dictating around something they don't actually understand. They've not actually worked in that role themselves to know how long things take um, and, you know, to, so they can't give that flexibility because they don't know. Um, and they, they, they think, oh, well, maybe you are slacking off. Well, no, if you took the time to understand how long it takes them to do something and if they're efficient and they're actually, you know, giving you that output that you need, it shouldn't matter whether it's from home, in an office, if they're doing their deal on the phone, it, it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Oh, so true. I want to talk a little bit about perks and benefits versus authentic company culture. You know, I think so much of the time, a lot of what we see is businesses offering work from home or, you know, you get this package on this day or Friday night drinks get sent to your house or whatever it may be. And they have all these extravagant or, you know, these perks that come along with the job. But then often what can happen is that the the company culture, the true essence, the psychological safety of people working, of, you know, what whatever it may be, isn't really there. You know, what are your thoughts on how can we make sure that we're not covering up any of the cracks in our cultures with gifts or perks? Yeah, yeah well, it's that whole adage, isn't it, where it's like, you know, things versus someone's time and love, like, you know, like, you know, you can shower anyone with gifts, but giving your time and your feelings and things like that, it's just a totally different thing. And yes, you're right. Like, I, I think it's nice to have those little surprise perks, but I think they should just be gift, like one off, like, oh, I, I saw this and I thought, you know, bunch of flowers for you because, you know, recognize random things. It's that, the, and that's how we do it. It's random things where I think, wow, she handled that situation really well and I know she's moving out and I'll, I'll get her a pot plant because I've gone past it. You know, it's it's random gifts. I think that's that's fine and it, that it doesn't set an expectation because you can't, let's face it, as you get bigger, you can't be sending gifts to hundreds and hundreds of people. So I think it's more important to um, give everybody the time and do things as a group and do things where there's that respect and fun element. And I, I just, I know that when, you know, we had some people working from home and then obviously some people in the office and then I said to some of the girls, you know, it's all women except for one out of dawn, um, that, you know, do you want to continue working from home a few days a week? And, and actually, astonishingly to me, they didn't want to. They wanted to come to the office. They're like, oh, look, I will when, I, when you know, I want to, but I'd actually like to come in here, you know, and I think how amazing is that? Like they actually would prefer, and like we're talking about women that live 40, 40 50 minutes away from the office. They're not around the corner. So it's a, it's, it's a, almost an hour and a half of travel out of their day. Um, and so... 
I really just put it down to the fact that as their leader, I guess, I always make the effort on a Monday in particular. Monday is kind of like my, it's not a briny day. I That's my day where I go in and I spend as much time with individuals or groups as I can, just how was your weekend, what's going on in your department, I really love how you've done that, you know, genuine conversation and I, and I, and I spend my whole day doing that. I mean, sometimes you can't because things might pop up, but I, I make a day where I do that. And then throughout the week, um, you know, I might just make sure I randomly spend time with someone and say, oh, I loved how you did this. Or it's giving them my time and I suppose mentoring um, as well. And because I think I do that, they help each other. Like they're, they're then doing it. Again, monkey see, monkey do. They do it with each other. And, and I love seeing them supporting each other like at the moment we're trying to get into tiktok god help us um so out of my age bracket but anyway i love it no i know and Ah. all of the good so we've all we're all committing to it pick pack production everyone's doing it um not just the social media and just to see uh the girls you know having a bit of fun creating their own little tiktoks and then marketing helping them and it's just so beautiful and and like it's not oh god don't you so, you know, like press this button. Like, there's no attitude. It's just genuine, like really wanting to help each other out and having fun and having a laugh about it as well. Um, you know, our culture's very casual as well. Like there's no sort of suits, you know, qu- quite often people might come in their trackies and, you know, it is very cash. Um, so, and and also we're, we're quite an open bunch. Like we can really talk about some some well, maybe some things that other people wouldn't be comfortable with. I don't know, but it it, it can get a little bit um <laughs> can get a bit a bit below the belt sometimes in there. But but that's just the way we all are. And um you know if someone I guess came into that culture that was had a stiff upper lip, maybe it wouldn't work for them. So and it's not that it, I think our culture is amazing, but it might not work for that kind of person. And and I have to be honest with people about that. You know everybody here is like family, like trick, like we're like sisters there's kind of nothing off limits that gets discussed here and but if you find something you're not comfortable with let me know and I'll make sure that you know so it's really about communication love support giving each other their time um and I think you'll find that that in itself flows through the culture it's it's not the gifts it's not the perks it's letting them have a paid day off for their birthday randomly but don't sit next don't give it to do it do it for everybody someone else you might just give flowers someone else you might just maybe not necessarily do anything that day because you, you could not thought of it. It's not, it's just doing them randomly. Um, but you know, I don't know, shout lunch every now and then just so you can sit together and have a chat. That's, you know, it's again, it's about time, not necessarily sending them wine to have at home. It comes back to that community that we were discussing before, isn't it? It's like, you know, everybody's gone off into this really individual nature of, oh, my independence and, and that, which is great. But I don't believe humans are designed to be so independent. I think we're really actually designed to 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 live, work collectively as a group, and we we thrive off each other. Like you know, if you look at mental health and and it just health in general of uh, groups, ethnic backgrounds that are more community driven. 
the longevity of life, their health, their mental health, it's so much better than those that are more isolated. And so I think if you've got a community feel in your work environment, and even if it's just each department, you know, maybe the rest of your company is crap, but your department creates its own little culture. You know, people will want to be a part of that. Why would what they want to stay home? Like, I, I mean, I actually genuinely miss, like I do work from home because I sometimes need to belt stuff out. Uh, but the days that I sort of think, well, I've got, I could kind of get through, meander through the day, I would much prefer to be in the office. I get FOMO, like what am I missing out on? Because I, I, I know it's fun in there and, you know, so I just think if you do create that, why the hell would anyone want to leave and why even would they want to work from home? You know, I think we need to be cultivating this community aspect. We've been so isolated for two years. It just honestly, I think it's, Work is the place that we go to every day. Mm. Why not make it that community feel? Mm. Love it. Yep. I want to talk about, and look, I know for you this comes so naturally and, and you know, it's it's almost tough to conceptualise, but, you know, this idea of, you know, staff retention and, you know, keeping keeping your staff as, as much as we can as we go through this period of everyone quitting and, and everyone realising their worth, you know, I think sometimes staff retention can be seen as, I even don't even like the word to be honest, but seen as almost that like, oh, got to retain these people versus kind of maybe something that we could look at in a positive light, mm. you know. How, what is your take on staff retention and kind of what, what are some gems, what are some nuggets you can give to us? Look, I, I understand from a facts and figures point of view that having people resign is costly and, you know, not only just to try and find them, the interview process, the training, um, you know, it's a it's a commitment, okay, to be like raising a puppy and then giving it away, like you're getting no benefit at the end of it. It's all hard work, no benefit. So I can understand from a business frustration um, and an expense. Um I guess I just try and take more of a psychological approach and mine, as I said before, is a take no prisoners approach where I just feel that if if anybody for whatever reason um, at any point in their journey has decided that it's not one for them anymore, I would much rather them leave because the, I suppose the the, the lack that they will, even if they respect you and love you and all of that, there's just going, there's not going to be the enthusiasm there. They're going to, it's going to be more of a drain for them. Like, it's just like, whenever you have to do something, like you love your parents, but they ask you to do something and you do it, but you're just like, really, you're half-assed about it because you don't want to do it. It's a bit of that. So I think you don't want anyone there that's kind of got their toe in the water. They're either all in or not. And so I think that you have to have a, a good and, – and there's but there was one person early on that I had thought, yeah, she's here because it's easy, but it wasn't – I just knew it wasn't her thing. Like, And, and I, just, I just knew that we weren't going to be able to grow together and I had that conversation with her. It would have been easier financially and from a time point of view to keep her on because I just needed someone to fill that role. But I just w would rather let that person go and just be honest and say, look, I just get a sense. I don't think this is right. I, I feel like this is 
not working from your point of view or my point, I, I, you know, I'm happy to support you till you find something else. But and then and because you're being honest and um, supportive, that they're genuinely um, honest back about it. And I think that then you know they're not hiding it and trying to get a job and being sneaky behind your back. I think have that genuine conversation up front and say, look, I'm happy for you to take a bit of if you need to go and find something or do interviews, just let me know. Like, just be honest with them, but but don't have people that are half-hearted about what they're doing for you because, again, it has that ripple effect. If they have that attitude, other people are going to start having that attitude. Well, he doesn't care. Why should I care? It's that whole thing, isn't it? Um, and it, and it creates a bad vibe in your organisation. So I just think it's much more cost-effective to get rid of one seed, bad seed. They're not a bad seed, but get, let them go find someone that's a better fit because they're most likely going to stay on anyway. Um, and look, I just don't think fear that. I mean, if you had people leaving every week, I think you have to have a good hard look at yourself. Maybe you're an asshole. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you are just not a good person or maybe their manager, I don't know. Like you know, maybe you need to, to relook at how you're running things. So, I mean, I don't think retaining everyone for 10 years is the goal, mm. but I think also if you don't want them leaving every 10 minutes. I get that. But I think that's a reflection on you if you've got a huge staff turnover. Mm. How can we get better at looking at our flaws as managers and leaders mm. and actually assessing that? And taking on board the responsibility that perhaps it's us. Yeah, I, yeah, that's so uncomfortable. It, it is. It's, oh. It is uncomfortable, and mm. um, it's it's ego, isn't it? You know, it's mm, that absolutely. my way or the highway. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm more educated, you're not. It's attitude, and so I think if you don't have, I think if you've got this attitude that you're better, then it's going to be very hard for you to ever admit that something you've done is wrong. So, uh, look, it would be great if the whole world was full of kind people that could just accept their own flaws and, have and, and you know what, laugh at themselves when they've done something wrong and just not be a prick to start with. But that's not going to be the reality of it. Um, but if you are someone who is ha has empathy and you do want to be better as a person, you know, just start off by laughing at, you know, the things that... Um, you know, when you're like, oh God, I'm wrong all the time over stuff. Like, honestly, like I might have accidentally approved something that was the wrong thing and then I'll just own it and go, whoa, what was I thinking that day? Like, what? How, girls, how did you let me, like you need to speak up just because I own the company doesn't mean I'm right. Like I'm annoyed that you didn't you know, feel comfortable enough to tell me I'm wrong when now they love it because they're like, no, Bryony, no, no, you said, rah, rah, rah. and I love that, good, good, because it annoyed me when they weren't confident initially to stand up for themselves. Not that I'm not a bully by any stretch, but if, if they think there's a better way or I've made a mistake or I'm about to make a mistake or they don't agree, I want to know that they are comfortable enough to tell me just as much as I have had to build over many years, being comfortable with saying, you know what, I fucked up. I really did. 
It's just about owning up to it. Have a laugh and go, oh my God. I don't know how I allowed that. Like, I am so sorry. I'll wear that. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm like, no, that's cool. Like, just be, just be a decent human and don't let someone else suffer at your expense. And then you know what? They will own up to stuff when they've done the wrong thing or when they've made a mistake and things get fixed so much quicker when we're not playing the blame game. Mm. Oh, not playing the blame game. Yes, yes. Oh, Bridie. What an episode. I feel like, you know, we need to link up at the end of this episode how we can apply to Dawn, uh, plan to come work at a Dawn. But aside from that, thank you so much for your wisdom on this topic. And we'll see you all next time. You will. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things Adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time. Thank you.